Can the market keep up its tradition of making a new high, all-time high, closing high on Friday? Well, we're off to a pretty good start. SMCI, the one-way trade. Good earnings and bad earnings on this Friday to cover Coinbase Wild. Triple D will give us details on that. As I said, PPI at 830, CC Legator at 835, wrapping up another week here on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Follow through on that strong close up eight handles, 505450. Only one number on the upside, that old time high at 506650. The buck flat at 10420. Bonds down a little bit than a half a point at 118 and a half. Uh, crude in the red by 66 cents, 76.93. Gold in the green by 360 at 2018 and 50 cents. Silver just above 23, up almost a dime at 23.04. Bitcoin continues its relentless march higher, up $780 at 52,000. 735. Let's bring in Triple D after a wild after our session and ab who is now on a two-day work streak hey ab how you doing <laughs> never thought you'd see that happen huh <laughs> you talk about streaks i'm the only one to take days off here i never yeah, take days do. off you did well, you I'm, off I'm sick and dead uh, yeah that is a that is a good excuse for you to miss the show if you're dead but uh man was your head on a swivel last night or what it's the same swivel we continue to get. So it's the NVIDIA and SMCI story. Last night, Loop comes out with the buy rating on NVIDIA. That came out just slightly after the bell. $1,200 price target on the puppy. And the stock started going up. And you know, when NVIDIA starts going up, you know SMCI is going up. You also know when NVIDIA starts going up, that IWM is going to start going down. Because it's IWM versus NVIDIA. That's the new pair that you can see yesterday. NVIDIA having a little bit of a quiet day down in the day. IWM ripping. Well, NVIDIA going up here today. They're like, oh, we're buying NVIDIA. We can't be buying IWM. We better sell that thing. Now, that might change with the PPI that's coming in a few minutes. But let's just go to the SMCI before we do the NVIDIA technicals. <laughs> because this might be the most one-sided trade that I've ever seen in my 25-year professional career of trading. 25 years I've been trading professionally here. This is my 25th year. And I've never seen, I think, a trade this one side. Even with GME, it had the odd down day. Like, this thing goes up, just now goes up 100 points every day. Every day. And you know what? I couldn't take it anymore, and I finally sold out of the rest of it yesterday because I'm like, this is just insane. I'm like, it's too much, too fast. It's due for a pullback. Immediately regret that sale again because, you know what? The next day, we just tack on another 71 points here. It's an unbelievable stock. And then, you know, there's people talking, and it's a good point. I'm going to make this one more point, then I'm going to let you guys talk. We're run on sentence here, as I always do. The S&P rebalances next month. 
Is there the possibility or even probability that SMCI might get added to the S&P? I mean, the market cap is climbing rapidly here. It's profitable. SMCI, this could be, you know, added to the S&P next month. And there's more fuel for the fire. So this fire just doesn't want to go out. Unbelievable. Congratulations to everybody who's been holding it this long. I did ring the register because when you get 700 points in six weeks, it's time to ring the register. But now it's 800 points. So... I don't know what to say. Maybe it just continue to hold. Nine-day winning streak, higher highs, higher lows, higher closes. Uh, Nine-day winning streak. Also make that uh, uh, 11 of 12 if you want to, or excuse me, 10 out of 11 if you want to uh, tack that on. I made the font a little bit bigger for you. Uh, you know what we we could do we could talk about this a lot, but we're gonna have uh, CC come on and he's gonna talk about the Nvidia earnings and uh, potential plays in that. So not trying to pick a top yet in it, but uh, holy mac, I'll just give you your pre market high comes in at ten seventy eight, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention is the volume. Look at the volume going up like this. This is you know wow. Man, there's going to be some bag holders or non-bag holders because big increase in volume in SMCI. I don't know what to say. Like, I'm at the point where it's jaw-dropping action. I was in the thing for a long time. This is the first time I actually feel, you know, crappy that it's going up because I sold. I guess I shouldn't have sold any of it. But, I mean, I sold it in three tranches. The thing over doubled in basically four weeks. And I'm like, well, if I sell a piece... You know, then, you know, um, you know, obviously I'm getting to the point of playing with house's money. And then I sold another piece and then I'm completely playing with house's money. I sold the last piece. So I sold, I believe I sold around 560, I want to say, 780 and then 940 or something yesterday after the open and obviously continued to run after that. But I'm like, holy, this is just unbelievable. So anyways, congratulations on all the longs. I'm, I hope some people are still along it. A lot of people reaching out that they are still along it. I don't know where the ride ends, Joel. It's impossible. I, I think it's it doesn't feel like to me out of the last you know few years when we've seen some of the crazy rallies, whether you're talking about AMC, GameStop, uh, Dogecoin, etc. This it doesn't feel like that to me. This one is as retail driven. Like I haven't seen as many people on you know Twitter, Wall Street bets, you name it just out buying it for no reason. You know, I wonder almost how much of uh, the money flowing in at this point is institutional. I mean, you saw the crazy move in arm uh, yeah. and after arm reported and it went up, you know, 50% in a, in a couple days, that was a lot of institutions buying there. So I, I mean, I it, just with SMCI, a lot of people have been calling a top. They've been wrong. Uh, I have no doubt that more people today will be coming in, calling a top in uh, at SMCI at 1100 or whatever it gets to this morning. And we'll see if it does end up moving lower. At some point, it has to, right? I mean, at some point, we have to get a pullback. So, but so, so, give us some stats on it, Joel. You were doing the stats and you were calculating it. Give us the stats for the. I mean, in the last. I mean, this like is this is the only, the only thing I can. Sh- this is the only thing I can show you is, and I'll just go to the daily here. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine up days in a row. One day, nine of ten. Right. So you're going, uh, you know, add two more is 12, 11 out of 12 up days. It's it's doubled in the in the volumes increasing. I, I don't even I mean, we just got to wait. There's no consolidation. There's no pause. There's no pause in the action yet. The only thing I would say, I know NVIDIA earnings are next week. 
Uh, but we're gonna we'll talk some setups with CCNS. We got some earnings from today. Let's get to them, sure. Aaron. All right, first one up since we're already talking about chips. Let's go to Applied Materials ticker AMAT. Uh, AMAT reported after the close last night and uh, raised guidance. I mean, if you're let's let's put it this way. If you're in this space at all, the semiconductor uh, space, which Applied Materials is, they do the wafer fabrication equipment. So kind of like almost a, a pick and shovel play for the semiconductors doing some of that uh, production there. If you're in that space and, you, and you're not raising guidance right now, then something is wrong. Um, EPS came in at 179 and 215 against the 179 uh, estimate, 213 I'm seeing here. Uh, beats by 22 cents, revenue of 6.71 billion, beat by 220 million, and then again gave some uh, strong guidance. Where are we trading this morning? Because last time I checked, we were up about 11%. That's where we're at now. Uh, I will, man, that high's way up there. That reaction high at 217.39, I'll give you that as a potential target on the outside. And I'll say mild support at uh, 204 after you had the dip. But, uh, all you know, uncharted territory here for a match straight up. No dip on this one. Right, Dennis? I don't know, Joel. This is the market where stuff, once it gets rolling, you don't be short in all-time highs in this market. I'll tell you that much there. And the stock is trading at an all-time high. Um, I didn't go out to, like, my 50-year chart here, so I'm assuming it wasn't higher during oh, the yeah, yeah. first. Don't worry but, about that. Yeah, so we're way above. I mean, stocks at all-time highs. It's chips. Everybody wants chips. I like chips with, you know, dip and everything too. Um, I, it's impossible. When, when they're making you all-time highs, it's very hard to call a top. And you and did have wrapped up 21 points. So I'm not going to chase it up 11% here. This is not SMCI. So I'm just out. I wouldn't even make a trade on this one. Okay. You did have some uh, analysts coming in this morning. Looks like someone from Needham came in and raised its price target for AMAP from 180 to 240. So that's kind of been the story with all these chip stocks. They come in, they give strong numbers, raise guidance. Then the analysts say, oh, yeah, by the way, our price target's way up there for it. Uh, Dennis mentioned how yesterday, you know, uh, B of A Securities came out on SMCI, gave it a price target, hit it in the very same day. Um, well, when we left SMCI so fast, it's such an exciting stock to talk about, obviously, because we picked it on the show. So it's fun. But it, I don't think I've ever seen that before. An analyst comes out with a price target, throws it, you know, 15% above where the closing price is, and the stock hits it the next day. So the stock was 900 or 890. Where was it? Let's go look exactly. SMCI, <laughs> where it closed. The previous day was $880. Bank of America analyst comes out and puts a 1040 price target on it. And it hits it 36 hours later. Those are 12-month price targets, folks. That's a 12-month price target. It hit it in a day and a half. This is the most incredible thing to watch. Like, it was impressive. The GameStop was fun and all that. But to your point, Aaron, and we're coming back to this just because it's such an exciting story. You made a great point. This is not a meme stock. This is not, you know, retail driven here. This was actually driven by fundamentals. And now it's just the algos got it and they won't let go. And I don't know, like anybody, everybody keeps trying to call the top on this thing. I've sold some stock, which is basically essential of trying to call a top. And it just doesn't work. I mean, it's unbelievable the strength in this. And I, again, maybe this is desperation because we don't have a lot of AI stocks, you know, like pure, you know, and this, they're looking at this as more pure play. Um, you know, obviously this is the two. And do you know what the highest dollar volume traded stocks in the entire U.S. markets were yesterday? 
by dollar volume. So SMCI and NVIDIA. Yep. NVIDIA was number one and SMCI was number two. That's unbelievable. Dollar volume. So, you know, you think about all the Apples and the Microsofts, they trade stocks like crazy. I'll go, no, the two dollar volumes were NVIDIA and SMCI. Doesn't that just sum up this market? That this market is the AI market. It's been driven by AI. Everything, you know, else that's non-tech has been left in the dust. You could say, oh, what are you talking about, Dennis? IWM's had a really good three days. Yeah, but in the last month and a half, it's up nothing. Some people are saying SMCI is the biggest thing in the IWM, and that's driving the IWM. This is true that it is the biggest component of the IWM because the IWM hasn't reweighted yet, but it's not true that it's driving the IWM because in the last seven, eight days, let's go back to, you know, just, you know, to disprove to this theory. February 1st, Let's just go February, yeah, January 31st, um, IWM was 198. It's 204. So IWM is literally up 2% in the last 12 trading days. SMCI in that same time frame has went from $470 to $1,070. So you can see clearly, no, not the case. IWM not being driven. Today, proof in point, IWM, SMCI is trading down, uh, SMCI is trading up 66 points. IWM is trading down. So the other stuff just overweights it. So don't think that I buy IWM, I'm getting a huge exposure to SMCI. I believe it's still like, what, 2%? It's pretty small. They really yeah, nah. reweight this thing. But the interesting argument is, again, if time about reweightings, is that the SMCI could, could very likely go into the S&P at the end of next month. This is, I'm just going to go on IWM here, and man, we keep knocking up here against the monthly resistance, yeah. which coincides with the 50% retracement here. I I mean, this thing is, I mean, revving its jets. Everyone can, complains about the breath and everything. I don't think interest rates are going anywhere, so I don't think that's going to be a big boon to it. But, I mean, you have to respect the 50% retracement. You have to respect the monthly highs here. Uh, on the verge of a breakout again. But uh, if you've been saying that since early 2022, you've been stuffed every time. But uh, once again, getting a running start at that major resistance, IWM, on the verge of a multi-year breakout. And IWM is going to move violently in 15 minutes when we get the PPI. It's going to be that that moves the most because, you know, obviously – it's those stocks, which we've talked about before, that need the interest rate cuts. NVIDIA doesn't need an interest rate cut. It's flying no matter what. A lot of components in the IWM want the rates lower. So keep an eye on the IWM. It is going to move with the TLT a hell of a lot more than it's going to move with SMCI. So don't fool yourself. IWM is not SMCI driven. It is still TLT driven. TLT bouncing back last couple of days helping IWM a little bit here. There has been a decoupling. We're in this buy stocks no matter what. You know, the dip was bought in the IWM. And I do think we're in a bull market. And I do like that the breadth is, is, is expanding. I do like that you're seeing more stocks, non-AI stocks, start to lift here. That's all good news. But really, when you look at this market here, it's still technology driving the bus. And just real quick before we move on to uh, Coinbase's earnings from SMCI, I did see this on uh, Twitter. This is uh, from the, the co- I don't know if I'm going to say this right, the Kobesi Kobisi? Kobisi letter. Um, so I Wilfield Hills, Michigan product. I just want to announce that. They do great that. stuff. I, like, I, I follow that. That's really He's good. from, he went to Bluefield Hill. He's from my area. I've tried to get him on the who's, show. Who's the he person? hasn't reached. Who's the person that runs that? Uh, his name is Adam Kobisi. 
Kobisi. Okay, so Kobisi letter. If anybody knows him, I try. I reached out once to come on the show. I didn't. I didn't get a response. So if anybody uh, knows him, uh, send me an email. Joel at Benzinga.com. So wait, What's before, what was he saying, Adam Kobisi? So before wondering. before I pull it up, because I want to ask you guys this little trivia question. So he said that the RSI, the Relative Strength Index, which I don't really look at that much, reached above ninety seven on SMCI, and he said there's only been one other stock. I don't know if it was ever in the past decade to get that high on the RSI. Do you guys know what it was? GameStop? Yep, GameStop. So let, let's look at this real quick from, uh, again, this is from uh, That's Adam, the first Kobisi. thing. I didn't see it either. I just guessed, so I didn't actually So this is it. absolutely insane. The daily RSI on SMCI just closed the day at 97 as the stock pushed above a record $1,000 a share. There's only one company in history that has managed to mark a daily close with an RSI above 97. It was GameStop wow. on January 27, 2021, the day before the stock peaked in the meme stock rally. Supermicrocomputer has not had a single down day since February 2nd and is now up 252% in 2024. Uh, so, I mean, look, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's calling a top here or saying, but last time the RSI got this high on a stock yeah. was GameStop and then it sold off. Uh, but we, I, I, was, I was saying earlier that it doesn't feel necessarily this. I mean, you have at least some justification here, not justification for this move, but you do have the fundamental reasons and the justification for a violent move higher. This violent, wow. no, probably not. Um, but again, I mean, you know, I don't think we're going to see this thing completely round trip like we saw GameStop didn't go all the way back down to no. where it was or around there. But you might, you know, see a pullback at some point. I don't know if that means it's going to pull back to 900 and then people start buying it again, or maybe it pulls back to 800. But either way, they'll be underneath demand. That's the problem here, too. And right. to your point again, and we keep talking about it, this is fundamentally driven. They weren't prepared for this type of earnings growth out of this company. Now, is it overdone? Yeah. I mean, a 97 RSI sounds overdone to me, but I mean, it sounds like it's due for a pullback. But you know what? It's due for a pullback three days ago. It didn't pull back. It just kept going higher. So hard to call tops. Call yeah, tops in this market. It's tough business. I was just pulling that up to show the RSI. I do not think Incredible. this is. I do not think this is GameStop all over again, right? This is completely different. That was the point I was trying to make. Uh, it's not earlier. a company but, that was on the verge uh, of. Let's move. Let's move on from uh, from chip stocks to crypto stocks. Coinbase reported earnings last night after the close. Uh, Coinbase. I mean, this was a great report from Coinbase, actually. But the, the traders didn't really know what to do with it when the numbers came out. Uh, EPS came in at one a, a buck oh four. The estimates for, were for one cent. So, it, it, so e, EPS, EPS came in at a dollar oh four, beat by by a buck and three cents. Revenue came in at nine hundred and fifty three million, beat by hundred and thirty four million. Um, I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just look at how crypto has been trading in those three months that the company is reporting for and say, oh, well, if Bitcoin is bit is up, you know, 20 percent and people have been uh, piling in, then obviously Coinbase is tra trading numbers should be a little bit higher. Um, but either way, uh, stock trading up now this morning, about 15 percent. This comes after the, the stock closed up. More than 10% a couple of days ago. So at this point, Coinbase has had a, a, a pretty violent rally in, in its own the past week. There's no SMCI. It, it, just, it, let's give a perspective here. $114. This was a week and a half ago. And everybody hated this. It's 190 now. So just tacked on 75 points on 114. Just went up 70% in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days. 70% in seven days. That's incredible. That's almost SMCI-like. This has been an incredible move here. You are coming up to some major resistance points here. I know we're trading through it in the pre-market. 
Um, but you have that triple point. top up yeah. at 187. Let's yeah. see if it Good can top. stay above there. Because if it doesn't hold there, you know, this could be one of those candidates to have a reversal. So you want it to hold. You're buying up at 190. Maybe this is the market that everything just continues. You don't want to see it go back down below 187. Dennis, talk about this price action here and uh, just after 4 o'clock. I pulled up the one minute, which we uh, we rarely do here. But holy mackerel. That's a one-minute chart here, folks, this price action. Something else. Yeah. Uh, Pre-market. Yeah. like So at, at, on the print, can you show, like, just go this in there This is the one more. minute. Yeah, I know, but I'm still seeing the big move. Like, which one are you looking at? I'm three charts. I can Left. Three charts. I'm not... Okay, blow that up to the whole screen so we can look at this closer because I want. I was, like, trying to trade this in here. It was incredible action. So we blow that up to the whole screen. Actually, I, I can you go even into, like, the 4 o'clock just after the bell? It's right here. This right here went... is 4 o'clock. Yeah, okay. 4 o'clock. Okay, so after 4 when the number hit, this thing went, like, 166 down to 155. Up to 167, down to 155, up to 167, down to 156 again. It chalked up there three times, 10 points. Like, banga, banga, banga. Just going like that, like crazy. After the second time, I was like, I'm going to try to buy down there because it keeps chopping around there. And then she blasted off and then took off 170, 180, 190. That was later on. But the action off the bat, the algos sometimes just don't even know what to do with it. I mean, it was trading that 10-point range. So fast, it's like the candle, the opening candle was at 10 points. Then the next candle was the same 10 points. So it was just going like this for the first like four minutes after the report. It was like they couldn't decide if they liked right it or they didn't like it. It was absolutely incredible. It doesn't look like much on that candle that you're showing there, but that action in there was incredible. Algo's just gone wild on that. I don't see how you would be selling that thing with that kind of a, a beat. I mean, were they waiting for some kind of adjustment or something? I mean, that was I a monster beat. Why would I'm you stand in front of something like that? I cannot like comment on what's going in in the mind of the algos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to reality yeah. here. Uh, yeah. And I like that number. Uh, the pre-market high is above that. And that was actually an after-hours high. So there's a target at 193. But uh, I really like that number Dennis gave you, that 187 level, because that was a triple top uh, going back. Now I got to get back to my dailies here. But uh, congratulations, your own Coinbase here, uh, trading up nearly $25 as 15%. Uh, all right, and then let's get back to we had some more earnings coming in after the close yesterday. A little tale of two markets going over to the – to the downside, DraftKings, ticker DKNG, reported. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, let me pull up the numbers real quick. Whoa, this thing's all over the place. Is it? Oh, up same this thing. It was nuts. It was nuts. Go. Uh, Sorry. You're good. You're good. So last night, uh, DraftKings reported EPS of 29 cents, beat by 11 cents, revenue of 1.23 billion, missed by 10 million. Uh, sure. DraftKings raises 2024 guidance midpoint to 4.75 billion versus uh, 4.69 billion estimate. Uh, raised uh, adjusted EBITDA guide, uh, guidance midpoint to 460 million. So I think the numbers were okay. I think the expectations, I mean, if you look how the stock was trading into the report, it's been up a bunch the past couple months. Um, so maybe the bar was just set a little too high for DraftKings. Because again, those numbers were fine. The stock traded down a little bit after, but looks like we've been bouncing around. Uh, what are you guys seeing on this? 
Um, it was crazy on the report. And the initial headlines was missed on like on the adjustments, not on the pro, but I saw multiple, you know, even CNBC saying, you know, that they lost money and they were expected to make money. So they came on and CNBC was saying that like it was a big mess. And then I tweeted it out and I actually deleted the tweet after because it was wrong. I thought it was a miss as well. So I think on the initial numbers, they were coming with the unadjusted EPS and we okay. saw an eight cent loss and we're like, whoa, what's going on? The algo saw that too. And that's why we traded violently down. Benzinga, you know, tweeted at me afterwards and said, no, there's an adjustment there. Thank you, Benzinga. And, you know, the bet cooler heads prevailed. But on the initial numbers, CNBC said it twice as well. It looked like it was the miss, but I missed the adjustment. And a lot of other people missed the adjustment too. And that's why we traded so violently down off the hop because expected to make eight cents and they lost money. They're like, whoa, this was supposed to be a huge quarter. What's going on? That's why, you know, the algos got fooled by that um on an unadjusted number uh i'm gonna throw out the high i'm gonna throw out the low and just like uh, a, a figure skating competition and i'm gonna get i mean just look at the price action from yesterday uh 44 46 you're closing high for the move you probably have a seller staked at 45 uh that didn't get done in the uh in the after hours so let's let the street make the judgment here. If you know if it's a good day, you get green, you take out 45, 45 bid, then greener pasture ahead. If uh, somehow you struggle here, you can't get green or you can't get over the 45, maybe you finally get some profit taking here in DraftKings. Uh, tale of two markets here, Pan. Bad day yesterday, up only seven cents today. Yeah, and again, I, I talked about this yesterday real quick. Just if you're on these apps at all, I mean, which we talked about how Penn has a lot more exposure to the physical uh, casinos and horse tracks and whatnot too. But ES, the ESPN bet app is just not on par whatsoever uh, with either DraftKings product or FanDuel's product, which is now uh, trading publicly as well under Flutter, uh, ticker FLUT. I don't know if we've taken a look at that stock yet, but either way, I mean, if you wanted to play in this gambling space right now and like you like this industry, you think it's going to keep growing. I don't know why you would pick Penn over those other oh, two it's names. It's a disaster. Penn, and again, I had this in the long-term portfolio for a long time. Sometimes, like I said yesterday, you just got to eat the losses and so you don't get fleas because this is a dog, man. This is the dog of dogs, the worst. I mean, casinos are bouncing back. Online gaming's been doing awesome. And you have Penn that just cannot, you know, even catch a bit whatsoever. The stock performance yeah. has been atrocious in the stock. Worst of breed, Penn. And I tried to give it a shot. I mean, they offered some like, oh, if you download ESPN Bet, you get all these free bets. And I downloaded it and would try to give it a shot. Did not. I mean, the layout is just. It, it's like you. It, it's like imagine if, uh, you know, you were using like Facebook's website from 2010 versus its website from 20 from today. It's like you know, you're. It feels like you're using an archaic app. Versus the other ones, which are actually a pretty good um, layout. But all right, we got time for one more earnings before we've got no, some economic data. And I'm going to go to the background too on this number. Yep. So in three, uh, two minutes now, we'll have PPI coming out. I have those numbers for you, but we have time, I think, to run through Dash. We'll dash through Dash. Let's dash through Dash real quick. Uh, DoorDash reported after the close yesterday, EPS missed by a buck fifty-one. Uh, came in at negative a uh, dollar sixty-five cents. Revenue of two point three billion, beat by fifty million. Uh, let's see. It says, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they gave any weather. Guidance. They blamed it on the weather. 
The weather was. They, they, why are you laughing? They did. It's funny. They blame it on the weather. Remember, we were in that earnings season. I don't remember which one it was. Like it was a couple of years ago, and every company was coming out and blaming it on the weather. If you can't figure out a reason why we're not making money, we better blame it on the weather. Yeah, if they said it. Uh, the weather's you know, been good. What are they talking about? I it's don't the most know. mild winter ever. How is this bad? How has the weather been bad? Where are they? They're the, everywhere. The board had... been, It was 55 degrees in Georgian Bay, which it's usually 20 below at this time of year last week. The weather's been awesome. How in the hell is that possible? I guess maybe they only DoorDash. They, they want bad weather because then people don't want to go out and get the food. Is that what it is? Yeah, but then they have trouble getting drivers. Oh, gosh. They're yeah, yeah Jay, either way. Jay Rice right. making a good I'm point in the chat. Down. Jay Rice making a good point in the chat that this did run up into the earnings report. So maybe the right. expectations were a little high. The board did, uh, DoorDash's board uh, looks like authorized a share repurchase. So doing a little bit of buybacks. And it did get a buy rating this morning uh, from Oppenheimer. So maybe the maybe some of the analysts are going through this report and saying it's not all that bad. But uh, again, this thing got shellacked after the report. Still trading down more than 7.5% this morning. Uh, but real quick, Joel, we've got the PI coming up, coming up. I, I, you know, I can't have time to give you levels of DoorDash. You fill gap yep. at 118.5. Yep. PPI, let's see if we get CPI, traded up five and a half. Hot, hot, hot again. Hot, hot, hot Well, well, hot. hold on, yep. hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's hot. It's hotter than expected. Waiting, uh, all right, uh, PPI came in at, yep, three-tenths of a percent versus, uh, so 0.3 versus 0.1 estimate. Uh, let's see as we wait for these kind of, all right, so, uh, USA core PPI for January came in at 2% versus 1.6 estimate 1.8% prior. So it went from 1.8% uh, in December. It was expected to drop two tenths of a percent to 1.6%. Instead, it went up two tenths of a percent to 2% for January. Uh, PPI year over year came in at nine tenths of a percent versus six tenths. So yeah, hot across the board. But I'm only seeing that. I mean, the market hasn't gone down too much yet. No, well, you know what's really interesting here is that uh, we haven't taken IWM out that. slaughtered. Oh, let me see. I didn't. <laughs> that was the quick, the quick pop in and pop out from uh, from Dennis. Uh, resistance is resistance at that. But uh, folks, what we're looking at here is you haven't taken out the pre-market low. Now, going into the CPI. We were we were red, and then they just slaughtered it, and they had no problem taking out the pre-market low. Here at the elevated level, we're still holding that, but it feels like it's shaking. That pre-market low is 39 and a quarter. Uh, we got buyers stepping up here at 50, 40. I don't know if people just did a get a short ahead of the number and just saying, hey, I'm not waiting for this to go super red. Uh, but that's what I'm seeing. 39 and a quarter, that's your pre-market low. We'll see. Oh, they're shaking. The bears are coming in. They're saying, yeah, we got to make a new low on this one, but still running into some bids here. And while the PPI, the CPI was uh, worse by a tenth, this this is worse by two tenths. And excluding food and energy, that's up four tenths. So I don't know. They say the CPI is more important. Well, you got the reaction. Bulls making a stand here at 50 40. Let's see if it can continue. I really don't understand because all the like economists that I've talked to in the past few months, and I forget who we had on the show, but we were talking about the trueflation reading, which is like a third party real time reading of inflation. And then like the trueflation says it's below 2%. Everyone I've been talking to, Joel, keeps saying inflation's actually lower 
than what the government's reporting. It's just going to take a while to see it. But then we keep getting these reports that are hotter and hotter and hotter. So I don't know. I mean, maybe either they're wrong, either the numbers are wrong or something. But um, again, two hot, uh, two hot economic data points this week. Of course, CPI on Tuesday, which really brought us. I mean, we got we got hit hard on Tuesday, but it doesn't feel like it because the very next day, bulls just came back and bought everything up, and we made back all those gains. We'll see uh, if you know bulls can make a stand today, bring us back at all. Uh, hanging out here, hanging out here for quite a long time. Uh, you just reminded me when you said too hot to handle. That was a, a great UFO song from a long, you probably, your parents probably don't even remember that one. But uh, we're shaking. We just made a new pre-market low. So there you go. But still, the bulls are pesky here. Not much. If you're looking to lean on daily lows here, you don't have a lot. Uh, Thursday's glowback slow is way down at 40.11 or 50. 50-11. What am I saying? 40. I'm looking because we're trading 50-40 here. But uh, 30 handles lower to the next daily low for the S&Ps. Uh, let's look at some stocks here. We'll go to IWM first. Resistance is resistance until it's taken out. So we've taken uh, now. Let's get to the uh, boom, boom, boom. There we go. Well, more sellers. More sellers coming in here. It looks like we're not going to be getting back to AMAT. AMAT, AMAT getting hit, man. This is bad for me. I had some, uh, I bought some calls on this before the close yesterday. I thought I was going to be up big this morning when it was at 212, but now it's we're back down to 205. Uh, we'll see if people come in. How much, where, where, how far did you do the, the weekly? Yeah, but they expired today. And what, the 200 or something like that? 215. They were like twenty. Uh, they were like they were like twenty two cents, and they were set to open at. Uh, I was doing the math on it. They were set to open at. I got them for twenty or no twenty uh, seven cents, and they were set to open at like two bucks and fifty cents. But those are probably weighed back down now to like, you know, I might still make a little bit money on them. But I thought it was going to be a big winner. Now, yeah, man, you give yourself a little bit more time on that. But uh, well, I thought. I mean, I thought I was like, hey, this is a ch in, the, in the chip space. I mean, come on, I thought this was going to be I yeah, was chips. Well, it's a good call, boy. Oh, sorry. Well, we'll see what happens. Here. No, I mean, it's not, nothing to be sorry about. What, let's see. see what the what are these other stocks doing off this SMCI? Uh, there you go. Uh, now it's only up fifty six bucks. Uh, let's look at some of the other hot rides. Nvidia, Nvidia. Right. None Still of that you have to worry about, Joel. So we're just going to clarify here. All that stuff doesn't care. SMCI, Plymateras, they don't care about this. They're going to come in a little bit. What cares about this? is everything that is interest rate sensitive. So go start looking at the IWM. I mean, it's down 1.2%. It just dropped two and a half bucks. So, I mean, you got to look at like the small cap banks. Yeah, look at, look at, look at, up, up. Small start. cap stocks just going to start getting hammered here. Airlines just turned red. Home builders going red. You know, all that stuff. That's what cares. NVIDIA is a flight to safety on a number like this. Don't be surprised if NVIDIA actually can rally on a number like this. So I just want to like, because people just think, oh, all stocks going to sell. It's the separation here. Tech had a bad day yesterday because the IWM was having a good day. So you're just getting the separation here happening where it's the tail of two markets. One market needs lower rates. The other market doesn't need lower rates. So clearly, you know, you can see, um, you know, what is getting hammered here on this. S&P is holding up. The QQQs are green still on this. It's telling you like tech. Tech is okay. If higher rates for longer, tech's okay with that. It's not, the IWM is not okay with that. TLT, which is always your lie detector test, trying to make new lows on the move here. Not quite, I guess, down to there. 92.23 or 92.45. But just keep an eye. Clearly, you can see where the weakness is. And the weakness is clearly in IWM. 
Yep. All right. Well, it is 8.36. Time to get to our guest of the day. We're bringing on CC Legator from Options AI. Without further ado, let's give CC our special pre-market prep intro, and we're going to talk about options expiration when we come back. All right, CC, welcome back to Benzinga's pre-market prep. How are you doing this morning? Great, good. Great to see you guys. Great to have you, you on as me? well. Yeah, yep. of course. So uh, cool. give us a rundown. What do you see? I mean, it's been a crazy market this week. You've seen, you know, a, a bunch of wild moves in the chip stocks, NVIDIA, SMCI, you name it. We've got options, expiration today. What are you watching? Yeah, it's interesting because the last couple of times um, I was on the show, we talked about the potential. You know, we were at very low vol levels. We sort of talked about the potential of what could take us out of those kind of doldrums and that doldrums turned into slow grind higher. And now we're at this point where we actually are seeing volatility. And it was always the case that that volatility could have been from one of two things. People have not been at all interested in buying puts. They have not been interested in any sort of protection. It's been a buy the dip mentality for months now. Um, and where the other place that you sometimes see volatility in those kinds of conditions is, you know, whatever you want to call it, like a blow up top or a, you know, we, I think the last time I was on the show, I was saying, you know, there's the potential for a mini meme stock era coming up. Right. And where that volatility comes from is people buying upside calls and, you know, you all have been covering exactly what's going on in this market. It's the SMCIs, it's the arms, it's the, you know, even you look at some of these earnings moves like uh, Palantir. I mean, these are crazy, crazy moves to the upside, right? And what that is, is that is, um, you know, yesterday there was a, the markets were up yesterday. And if you looked, the VIX was up, right? And that is a sign a lot of times of, people reaching for upside calls. Now we had earlier in the week with the CPI reaction, we actually, that was the first time in a while we saw any sort of fear and people did start buying downside puts for protection, but it obviously it only lasted about a day. And even that closed, you know, like with a rip higher into the close that day. So for now, it looks like the volatility is um, not necessarily in the market and it's not necessarily like in the big, um, you know, big mega cap companies or the indices, it's in these individual names that uh, in a low vol environment, people are buying upside calls and creating little uh, sort of gamma, not even little massive gamma pockets to the upside, allowing these stocks just to go crazy to the upside. So you think these kind of, I mean, some of the moves we've seen obviously have been, I mean, in SMCI specifically, but, you know, NVIDIA, ARM, I mean, how much of it is options driven? Well, so the options thing is interesting. So I always want to be careful because I'm, you know, I'm on here to talk options. And right. I think a lot of times when you hear options, people speak, you know, they're speaking from, it's like the blind men and the elephant, right? So the options thing is most often the tail the dog wagging the tail right but it provides this backdrop where sometimes the tail wags the dog where it can you know for instance today uh we had that move this week and this is a good um opportunity to talk about sort of expiration and what might happen today 
is we had that move on CPI earlier this week and the market tanked and it looked as ugly as it's looked in months, right? And then it found buyers at the end of the day and then it sort of ripped back. And now where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves at 5,000 essentially, right? And so from an options perspective, options couldn't have predicted what CPI, the CPI print was going to be. They couldn't have predicted what the reaction of investors was going to be to that print. But, and it might help explain maybe what we're seeing in the PPI reaction, if it's still muted, is we were coming into an expiration week. And that meant that going into CPI, there was a lot of stock being stole, sold above SPX 5,000, you know, um, SPY 500, you know, those levels, right? And those are big gamma levels where there's a lot of open interest in the options market. So all that stock that got sold, next thing you know, we're down two and a half percent over those, you know, those 48 hours. That's a lot of stock that now needs to be bought that got sold above 5,000. And that's gamma, right? You sell it and then the, the market goes down and then now you have stock to buy against your long gamma, your puts essentially. Um, and that reaction back to 5,000 makes perfect sense from an options standpoint. It might not have made perfect sense to the market standpoint. You know, it was kind of curious, right? Now, the interesting thing is today is expiration. That 5,000 gamma clears out, right? So that kind of volatility that we saw this week on Tuesday and, you know, that downward and then, you know, the snapback and some of this, uh, you know, insane uh, action we're seeing in some of the individual names to the upside, it may actually get crazier next week, right? And this may clear out and it might, it's sort of like unchokes the market a little bit. And that next week after monthly expiration tends to be quite volatile. And not necessarily, it's not guaranteed to happen, but it, the, the market can have the room to move next week in a way that it didn't this week, which is weird because it did move a lot this week. So I would expect to uh, potentially see some craziness next week. I mean, taking in a, just a, a single stock like SMCI, for example, I mean, I assume going into this month that they didn't, the stock didn't even have monthlies strike prices where it's oh, at totally. right now. So yeah. now that next month it will, I mean, will that, do you think increase, is that part of almost the problem with SMCI is that you don't have, you didn't have, I guess, the, uh, the opportunity for options traders to be kind of trading it like that on both sides because it was, it was so one-sided. We, we, we didn't have $1,000 strikes on it. And now that we will, maybe will you have a little bit more reasonable market, uh, like, I, I guess, trading activity? Well, the funny thing is, if you go back, and I don't I don't know if I want to compare this. I, the last couple of times I was on, I was saying there was a potential for a mini meme stock era. I don't I agree with what you all were saying earlier in the show, which is this feels slightly different, like SM or um, there's similarities, stocks, but it's it, it does feel different. There might be similarities, yeah, the, the price stock, action. The companies feel different, right? Right. Like this is like AI is real. Chip making is real. It feels like somewhere in between, you know, meme stock or remember like the 3D printing craze. Yeah. Joel probably remembers that. But it feels sort of maybe closer to like the dot com, early dot com stuff where it was like real stocks going up early in the dot com. It was the pets dot com and all down at the end of that cycle. Right. But anyway, going to your point, it's really interesting with SMCI is if you remember in the actual meme stock era in GameStop and AMC and all, 
they would run out of strikes and the stop the stock would stop at that point right so if if GameStop was 50 and it went to 100 that day uh and the 100 would be the top strike available the stock would just stop at 100 and the reason for that was because that short squeeze to the upside actually needed those short option strikes all the way up to like fly, like it would be like flinging it through there right and, it would get and that's to, the it, dog that's the tail wagging that, that was like, definitely the tail and so it's interesting i haven't looked at like how quickly they're adding strikes in smci but it would be interesting to see if it's stopping basically where it ran out of option strikes i that, i hadn't thought of that i'm going to look at that this morning yeah, I'm so, sure the market. I'm sure the market makers are adding strikes very quickly because it's getting yeah. a lot of volume. But and a lot then, of times, like if you're on your trading platform, you might not see them for two days. Like it is a really archaic uh, system of like adding strikes, getting them on the exchanges, getting them into the data providers. Like it is kind of wild. And uh, but yeah, so that so what and what I'm explaining there is you take a retail frenzy and an institutional frenzy. I think there's a lot of institutions involved in some of this stuff, right? Clearly that arm thing, I mean, that seems some like inside <laughs> inside cooking or what, you know, like there, so that that seemed like a short squeeze to me that was more like a GameStop or whatever. But the SMCI is like, this is, I feels like actual buyers. They don't want to miss out. At some point it reverses. What were you all saying? It's like nine, 10 straight up days. So I think ninth right now, yeah. yeah. Even, 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 even on Tuesday when everything else was down, I think the, the queues were the, I mean, tech kind of got crushed the hardest on Tuesday from what I saw and still SMCI finished the day up somehow. So I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Uh, the monthlies in, uh, uh, in uh, March, March 15th, looks like they have right now strikes up to 1500 on, on my okay. brokerage for SMCI. So uh, well, they no must have gotten... No, what's wild is I was looking yesterday. If you, you know, like we talk about expected moves and things like that. If you go out to, I think the farthest out options right now are next January. If you go out there, options are pricing, uh, I think about a $700 move. So the option, <clears throat> the farthest out options right now are, are pricing the stock either to go back to 300 or go up to, you know, practically 2000. Well, there you go. Speaking of, I mean, stocks with big expected moves, uh, we have NVIDIA set to report earnings next week. I don't know. I mean, this might be the most anticipated earnings report. So definitely so far of the year. But I mean, I can't remember another time in the last few years that we've had a, a earnings report that's going to have. Let's this do a setup up. here, uh, Aaron. Let, let's uh, uh, CC. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, yeah. Let's do a couple scenarios here. Uh, yeah. Let's say you're long. Let's say you're long a hundred shares of Nvidia. You bought the breakout at five hundred, and you haven't done anything with it. You don't want to do any. You don't want to sell the stock. Give us a setup here, and I'm not talking about using the weeklies. Go go a little bit longer. If you were long a hundred shares of Nvidia at five hundred bucks going into this report. What what would be, you know, this is not investment advice. This is just a potential strategy to try and lock in some profits and, and still still give you a chance uh, a look on the upside. What would you do? Yeah, what would your trade setup be? This is interesting. So what I would do when I first look at like, and we're looking at options AI. Can you see the screen? Uh, yep, I'll pull see. it up. Okay. There we go. Sorry, I was screen sharing. Um, so... <clears throat> Sorry, this is 
So what I would be looking for in NVIDIA is the sort of the past couple of earnings events, first of all, is one of the first things I would look at. And so right now, the expected move in NVIDIA is 11%. You can see that right here. The prior five or prior four earnings events, the, the last two, actually, it hasn't moved much at all. But then you see this 25%. It was up 25%. Uh, three earnings events ago, and then it was up 14%, the earnings event before that. So now we're looking at this crazy chart, right? And what, what, what we're doing is I'm hovering over that current expected move, which is 11%. You can see on the chart where that kind of takes you. It doesn't take you, uh, obviously, that's nothing to the upside considering how the stock's been acting. And then to the downside, it's, you know, it's barely down. I mean, you you would basically need the Right now, the options are pricing the downside to, you know, 650 essentially, right? Which doesn't seem like that big of a move. If if this, you know, this is a real stock, they could miss earnings. People could sour on it. The whole market could reverse and take all these names down. So to Joel's point, it's like if you're going out in the options market, and let's say you're going out to, let's just use May. So May the expected move is about 18%. So call it a 20% uh, potential move the options are pricing. That seems kind of cheap to me. If, if NVIDIA did come back uh, and reverse lower, uh, I think I would expect it to be more than 15 to 20%. It could be like 25 to 40% if the whole market reversed and tanked or if all of these stocks ran out of gas and reversed. So in that case, what you're looking for is you're kind of looking for, um, you know, if you're protecting an NVIDIA position, there's a, you know, you could do a put spread out in May. And that would be, um, let's go out. And I'm just, uh, you could go out to May and do a put spread. We're, we're looking at a put and you can see how expensive that is, but you can turn that into a put spread. Um, you can turn that into a put spread, save a little money. And so this is taking you down to about that 20% level, right? And so you're say, you're essentially saying, you know, I, I'm willing to spend $5,000 uh, to potentially protect eight. What I would be doing here if I was long NVIDIA is I would say, listen, I don't want to spend a ton of money. You can lose a lot of money protecting. So I'd be taking yeah. this entire, I'd be taking this entire trade down out of the money. And I'd probably be starting it down closer to where, you know, like down 15, down 10% or something where it kicks in. Like I'd be willing to give up my 10% to start this trade. And then what I would be wanting to do is like sort of disaster protection. And I guess it's sort of where can you live with an NVIDIA reversal? And it's probably, um, you know, you're used to seeing 10, 20 point swings. So now, um, you know, we've taken it down to that level where it sort of kicks in more of like where the expected move is. And then you get that protection of things getting really ugly. And I think that's the way I would think of it. And I'm sorry, when I'm screen sharing, this is like really slow. No, that's okay. I, yeah. what, I think the most important thing that, I mean, you look at the different strikes and everything, but CC yeah. said May. Okay, this is February. A lot of things can happen between February and May, okay, with the markets mm -hmm. as well. 
And I just think that I think that's one thing. And I know that, you know, some of the mistakes that I've made in the options market is just not giving yourself enough time, you know, exactly. you know, being, a, you know, working against the like, look at look at uh, a prime example here uh, with a B and traded the a mad today. Right. Yeah. You know, he bought a two fifteen call. He was looking yep. pretty good. Right. Before, you know, the print now, you know, now it's going to have a lot of people that have the 200 calls are out there selling the stock against it. So, um, no, great, great commentary. And I hope people took something away from that. Uh, before we let you go, just talk, you know, options expiration. We talk about pins. I mean, this has just been a strong, volatile week. Uh, just looking forward, maybe looking at the uh, at the S&Ps here or the SPY. I know it's much different market than the IWM. Do you see a pin anywhere or, uh, you know, what's I, your expectation? Think- Going back shorter term today. Joe, where are we right now, pre-market in the future? Uh, the SPY's at 501. Right. 50107. You know, 500 think, pin there. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's very, very possible. I mean, obviously, with the PPI, the, the muted PPI print is a little weird. I think Dennis was. CC, think, just to correct you, it is not muted at all. You know what's funny? It's the S. What happened? Yeah. No, no, no. It's the S and P okay. is so diversified. It's yeah. all tech. And the tech is holding up. And the IWM is crushed. IWM just lost three bucks. We just lost 1.5% on the IWM. It's like the tail of two markets here. And the S&P is so diversified that it just sits here and it's muted all the time. Q's are green on the day. So you think, oh, you're looking at tech. You're like, ah, they don't care about this. But the broad market cares big time. Banks just lost 1%. You know, you've got utilities are getting hammered here now. Square and the, all the Kathy stocks are starting to get hit because those are smaller companies that borrow money. So it's like the tale of two markets. Stocks that borrow money hate this print. Stocks yeah. that don't borrow money don't care. And the S&P is just heavily weighted with a lot of really yeah. strong companies, obviously all profitable, that don't yeah. need lower rates as quickly. And that's why you see the muted response in the S&P. So just to clarify, it's a muted response yeah. in the S&P. But definitely not in this broad market. Like we were flat on the IWM coming in the number. It's down 1.43%. IWM had its one of its yeah. best days of the year yesterday. It's giving it all back right now. So yeah. there is definitely a response, but it's the separation. That's so interesting. And it is it is interesting because I think that's exactly right. Is you know, if you're in NVIDIA, do you really care about this number? Right. And then uh, you know, go, going to Joel's question, it's like, and that 5,000 thing is probably playing a factor too. And it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if the if if the CPI and this PPI, which is like this one-two punch of, well, I mean, we know now, I mean, when's the, the Fed's, the Fed's not going to lower rates for forever now, like six months, right? Like at least. And if they do, it's probably because the things like retail sales and stuff starts looking uglier. So that what's interesting is if this had happened next week would the reaction have been even you know uglier in iwm would we have seen it to carry through into some of these other major indices so i think that you know to joel's question about the five thousand, it is going to act like a magnet today that doesn't mean it's going to exactly pin but it's it's acting somewhat as a uh, liquidity right there's liquidity today that it's going to be missing on monday and tuesday so it or i'm sorry we don't trade monday but on tuesday and wednesday interesting yeah that's the other thing is 
the three day weekend, right? Um, that could be interesting. You get a lot of people, more of the people premium. A lot of time to think about things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. more of the premium getting yep. sucked out of those options. Okay, CC, another excellent segment here. CC Legator, he's the founder of Options AI, guiding us through this uh, this uh, options market. I really appreciate your your straightforward approach, and uh, we'll be dialing you up. Maybe we'll dive. I don't know. This may send you an invitation for the Quad Witch coming up on that third Friday in March. Thank. Thanks, CC. All right, guys. The kind of market right now that NVIDIA wants. It wants, you know, and look at NVIDIA taking off to the highs of the day here, Joel. So the separation here. So please understand the separation. Chad, if you can learn anything from this show, this market is all about rotation. It is what has been driving this market forever, keeping it elevated, keeping the S&P somewhat muted. I mean, we can even look at the S&P throughout the year and you're like, well, it's been pretty good, but you know, we're not like we're blasting off because we haven't had the buy everything market. Yesterday was a little bit of, but it wasn't yesterday either because NVIDIA was down yesterday. Apple was down yesterday. It's tech versus the IWM. The S&P is full of both, obviously still heavily weighted tech, so it holds up better. But it's just, you know, so incredible that, you know, on this hot number, they're actually going to come in and it means buy NVIDIA. And that's, you know, what we're seeing here. I think NVIDIA is going to break out to new all-time highs here today. Um, We've got the upgrade or we've got the buy rating from Loop, which was a little bit of a catalyst. But now even with this number, you'd think, oh, well, here's going to be the SMCI bubble is going to burst. No, this isn't going to burst the SMCI bubble. The SMCI bubble is going to burst. It's just, you know, it's gotten to a ridiculous level. It will burst eventually. But it isn't going to be PPI that bursts the SMCI bubble. It's up 73 points here right now. It's going to its highs of the day here too. Everybody's hiding out in tech stocks because they're worried rates are going to be higher for longer. I mean, I I just brought up the the breakdown of of the S&P. I mean, right there. Uh, Apple and Microsoft, 14%. Uh, the double Goog, uh, the double Goog makes it above NVIDIA. So NVIDIA is Microsoft green. Apple, yeah. which is actually just hated. So it's going back down. Tesla, green. Netflix, green. You know, there is just a lot of, you know, QQQ. It's honestly kind of funny that the QQQ is not up more. I mean, 0.14% here on the QQQ doesn't feel like it's even up enough. <laughs> So, you know, with S&Ps, only down 0.12, and IWM is bouncing back to a certain extent. Now, keep this in mind, folks. The last time we got a hot number, the IWM dip was bought. There are money managers that are just going to buy stocks. So I don't think this is Katie bar the door, IWM's going back down to the close. I think you're looking at the dip to buy here on everything. So I think you're looking at that's what worked three days ago. And can we give that number again? We know we say it's hot. Let's give the PPI number here again. How hot? Because the, mar- the action in the IWM was so incredible, I wasn't looking you know, at the numbers itself. How so, hot was the number? So year over year, PPI came in at nine tenths of a percent, 0.9 versus 0.6 estimate. Uh, the the uh, core PPI for January, so Dennis, it was 1.8 in December. It was expected to drop two tenths of a percent to 1.6 in January. Instead, it went up two tenths of a percent to uh, to a two to a flat two percent. So we were expecting a slight drop from December to January. Instead, it went higher. So uh, you know, just kind of way off on the expectations there, I guess, from the street. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, my thing with the, with it, though, is 
a lot of the bear case, at least going into the year, was that we were going to be in a recession or start seeing the signs of a recession. But this is saying the opposite. I mean, seeing inflation stick around shows you the economy is still running hot. We've gotten hot. Yeah. yeah there's a, you know, we've had such a run of good data, too. I mean, just month after month after month of, of, of you know, pretty benign data. But let we, we missed two earnings report. Pablo wants let's do two more. Wrap it up for this Friday. Let's go on the trade desk because I got a good level for them. And then let's do Roku and let's call it a day. All right. So the trade desk reported a non-gap EPS of 41 cents, missed by two cents, revenue of 606 million, beat by 23 million. Uh, they, They gave some strong outlook. And the stock's up 18%. So, again, the numbers themselves weren't great, but they must have uh, given some strong guidance. Oh, they also announced a share repurchase program of $700 million. Um, let me see if I can get some more uh, clarity Let me do on quick technical there. on this. If you got any more detail, uh, Pablo, big spike out there, 93.65. You backed off $5 since that. So, you got to be thinking, huh, if you wanted to sell over 92, you may not get another opportunity. But what's more important to me, you know what I'm going to say here. I'm going to go to the monthlies. Two months in a row, you had uh, highs uh, between 90.67 and 91.85. So 91 bucks. I'd see what happens here. That is a, a big level for it. Where to buy this thing? I have absolutely no idea. But I can't identify resistance there at 91. I'd even give it a three-star. S&P's 12 handles off that low. The bounce, I'm not sure. Why the dippers are going to come in. That's they, why they there's did. so many money managers that are sitting with so much cash waiting for the recession, and they're in trouble. They're worried about their jobs. They're they're coming in. They came in last week. It's blindly by the dip win money market right now. I don't know when that changes, and it can change, folks, and it can change in a hurry, and that's why continue to listen to the show because I know somebody will say, oh, you said this, and then two months from now, well, it will sell off significantly or whatever, and they'll say, well, Dennis said it was going up. You know, They always just write down just to bring back a quote from two months ago to try to call me wrong. But, I mean, we're in this market here where buy the dip is just winning, and it's winning not just a little bit. It's winning big time. So buy the dip blindly is winning right now. I don't know when it changes, but right now it's working. All right. Len, the other one we did not hit was Roku. Roku reported after the close yesterday. I didn't really, I mean, I I, I don't know. I got to go through this report a little bit more, but said the numbers look okay. Uh, EPS came in at 55 cents. Sales came in at 984 million. Beat the $966 million uh, estimate. Uh, Roku expects Q1 total net revenue of 850 million versus 833 million. Uh, so again, I mean, the numbers looked strong overall. Uh, let's see if they gave any like bad warnings or something because this thing got absolutely hammered after the report. Uh, a strong, yes, revenue beats strong guidance. I have no clue. Well, I guess they didn't like it. Wow. I love some stocks and they hate others. I will just say uh, this thing is kind of in no man's land here. Uh, This is where we're trading. So uh, we had a big gap up after the last earnings. We've come down. I don't know. If you want to hold out for that gap low, that's way down at 69.18. But you have a step, a little bit minor step down seller here. I don't know if you will get to that level. Current pre-market low, that comes in at 76.05. So, the longer that can hold up, more the chance you get some of these losses back. So SPs are uh, uh, battling back. Let's see the IWM. I'm going to start 
doing those both. IWM, that bounced a buck off its low. So the fact that we've, bat, we've uh, got to bounce off the lows, those pre-market lows do have some significance in today's session. Uh, Monday, we're off, uh, right? So everyone enjoy your day off. And on Tuesday, uh, T3 Tuesday, I believe uh, we're going to get Red Dog back on to help us uh, make some sense out of this uh, price action from this week. Yes, sir. We will get Scott Redler back on on Tuesday. Make sure to be there. Hope everyone enjoys the long weekend. Today's going to be an exciting day, I think, with that options expiration. And, uh, Wild, you know, man. You know, so, all right, guys. Till then, stay green. Have a good weekend, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>